following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? I'm The Nightmare. And I'm Rotten Jack. And this This is Common Common Debauchery. Common Debauchery may contain mature subject matter and is intended for adult audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Common Debauchery. I, as always, am the Nightmare. Joining me once again, forever and for always, is the rottenest of the Jacks. Rotten Jack, what's going on, Big Shooter? Oh, you know, just more spooky stuff. More spooky stuff. I'm ready. I am ready. Do it. Ugh. So, last week we talked about the spookiest places we've been, spooky experiences of ourselves. Uh, Today we are just going with weird, creepy, spooky places. Yeah, some of the top creepiest like in the country haunted reportedly haunted places in the country yes now we are not going to dive too terribly hard into the overly spooky lore but we're going to talk about the places and why they may have the activity that is claimed to be there uh so i have a little list here pulled up of the seven of the most haunted places allegedly haunted places in western new york where we are from sure That'll lead us to number eight, which will be the first one we actually talk about in depth. Sure. So this list has Iron Island Museum listed as number one. Oh, that's a great place. I, I, I think I talked about that place uh, last week. Yes. Uh, been there. Awesome place. Uh, a place I've been, I've, I've driven like that through the driveway of, but never actually like stopped and got out and got inside, Was the is the Buffalo Central Terminal. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, when we, when I was involved in a upstart MMA studio and... Uh, combination MMA studio and gym, we were going to try to like host a fight at the central terminal. No shit. Yeah, that was going to be really cool. Uh, that would have been really, really fun. But uh, the Buffalo Naval Park. Yeah, uh, the USS the... Sullivan's. Yes. More specifically, just the USS Sullivan's. Yes. Which, if anyone doesn't know the story of the Sullivans, uh, that is why in the military, siblings are not allowed to serve in the same unit together. Because all five of them were on the same battleship, and they all died. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, then we have the Dunkirk Lighthouse. I've uh, heard of it, yeah. I've seen it. I never. I was never there. I've seen it when I was down in Fredonia for, for school. Um, number... Five is the Rapids Theater. Which I've heard of some amazing things uh, that people have uh, seen and caught evidence-wise at uh, the Rapids. So uh, the only thing that I've seen happen at the Rapids were two weddings. I split my pants at one of them, and the other one, uh, a broken shoe caused someone to trip, fall, and knock a five-pound tea light candle holder onto the glassware that held the coffee, which were handled stemmed coffee mugs like mm. fancy ones uh we we effectively that was actually the alley cat and uh we effectively blamed that on two other people that were at the wedding so yeah. that was fun uh yeah the rapids doesn't uh doesn't allow anyone to do uh ghost hunting or really? anything there anymore uh apparently there was an issue where uh a group that was in there doing that decided to screw this and they raided the bar Oh Jesus! And they like they broke into the bar and like started drinking and stole a bunch of liquor and stuff like that. Uh, that was a few years ago. I don't know if the Rapids has gone back to allowing uh, paranormal groups in there, but I know that uh, they they stopped for quite a while and 
rightly right. so. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I would be intrigued to see like how many of these places allow people to be in there, like without some type of someone supervising, like even just being on site. Like, listen, like I'm not going to walk around with you, but I'm going to be like down here hanging out. So don't fuck up, like don't fuck around. You'd be but surprised. I, apparently, I would. Like, because my my brain says you know don't do that. My, uh, the, my brain says no. The the places that I've been, uh, no one from the locations were there really at all yeah well and one of those places was rolling hills right yeah well that's number six on the list yep rolling hills is great that's over, a good time over, over there in east bethany uh and then ub south campus hayes hall is on this list i don't know anything about that one uh so the history uh it's currently the primary location for the department of architecture and planning for the university of, of uh for for ub the history of the building goes beyond the classroom. Built in uh, 1874, originally the house for the insane department of the Erie County Alms House. In oh. 1893, the building was converted into a county hospital until it was acquired by the university in 1909. In its conversion to a building suite to hold classes, the iconic clock tower that still stands today was added to the structure. Uh, with its strange history, it goes without saying that the building has had some unexplainable occurrences over the years. On a few accounts, an old woman has been seen wandering the halls. While much of the South Campus acts as a burial ground for those who passed away during their time at the hospital, yeah. there are many more rumors of mysterious happenings at UB South. That's weird. I didn't I mean, know that. Any, any place that is like an old like uh, insane asylum or sanatorium, whatever you want to call them back in those days, uh, any one of those places, horrible atrocities happened at those places in the early 1900s, late 1800s. Uh, so, yeah, I would be uh, I'd be shocked if there was a place that was formerly one of those places that wasn't haunted. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued by the fact like I've never heard of that one. I've heard of everything else on that list. Right. I never heard of that one. And like, did I. the fact that you built a college on a burial ground is weird to me. Yeah. I have questions. Yeah. Somebody from the UB planning board's got to give your boy a call. Um, <laughs> n- not that they, not that I deserve an explanation. I just, I'm just curious generally. So uh, that brings us to the first one we're actually going to talk about a little bit more in depth being the Statler. Oh, the Statler is great. Uh, I've actually had the pleasure of being there for um, a ghost hunting event. Uh, sadly, they are no longer running them. So if you, if you never had a chance to go, uh, they're just they're doing so many renovations to the place and trying to fix it up and restore it to its previous glory. That um, I just saw earlier this week or over the weekend that like effective immediately they're they're no longer running the uh, the ghost tours or anything. Well, and that one got famous because the uh, the Travel Channel's Ghost Hunters actually did an episode there. Yeah. Um, and more recently, uh, a show called Destination Fear was there. Yes. Uh, it hosted many famous people, including John F. Kennedy, Al Capone, and Tony Bennett. Yep. Um, it was also the first hotel in the country to have a bathroom in every room. That's kind of a cool little stat. Yeah, it's, uh, it was one of the first places that was built that um, had a bathtub in every room. And like their, their big thing was, uh, I think I just read it earlier, their slogan was... Uh, um, a room and a bath for a buck and a half Ooh. because it was only a dollar fifty for a room back oh, then. Yeah. Can you imagine paying a buck fifty for a hotel room now? No. I mean, you don't what you'd pay. You could live there for the year for like 
right? 7.25. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, less than that, like six and change. Yeah. My math's not good. Don't, don't, don't ask me to math, all right? But it would be cheap. It'd be less than my, my mortgage payment. Right. Um, so hosts of Paranormal Lockdown spent 72 hours inside the building, and they caught a chair move on its own in the terrace room. Uh, there have been reports of strange happenings there for years. Uh, some believe there are ghosts of two small boys who drowned in the hotel's first few years in the Turkish bath. Uh, the ruins of the room still remain in the basement, according to WGRZ, which is uh, one of the local stations here in Buffalo. Uh, lastly, ghost tours have taken place while investigating uh, e- EVPs have been conducted, including the uh, rendezvous room where the equipment picked up an eerie voice saying, I need a drink. I mean, don't we all? Yeah. Um, I mean, especially if you're dead, like, fuck. Yeah. And there's actually, if you go on this web, on it's WYRK, a local country station's website here, they actually have a thing where you can hear, uh, you can watch some of the reported stories and hear a voice saying, I need a drink in the video. Yep. So. Uh, but we're not going to tell you to go to other people's stuff. You can just sit here and listen to us. But that's cool. Um, got any more on the Statler there? Yeah. Uh, apparently, it was a hotbed for mafia activity that in, the, right. uh, in the early 1900s. And uh, the meat locker was used for more than storing delicious meats that they were serving. Oh, damn. Um, apparently, there were reportedly several deaths occur in the meat locker. And... Uh, other than that, like, you know, just regular mafioso activity is reported going on there. You know, everything that goes along with that. Right. Um, also, uh, it was somewhat of a popular spot for jumpers. Uh, it was an 18-story building. Um, there, ah. There's reportedly more than one person thought... gone up to the 18th floor and... And took the leap of faith? Yeah, and hucked themselves out a window. Just going going upstairs and going to yeet myself. Yeah. Um, so like 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 I said before, any place like that has like tragic history like that, um, like tragic deaths or traumatic deaths and stuff like that, or or just un- a untimely, large amount of deaths, or yeah, or just a large amount of deaths, um, it's going to have activity of some kind. It's got to right. Uh, and that's going to take us to one of the more interesting ones. Because so we talked about how uh, UB South Campus is on a burial ground. Yep. And how the Statler has ties to death, tragic death, so on and so forth. We're going to go a little bit more historical here. Uh, The ghosts of Gettysburg. Yeah. Uh, It's not even just the battlefield. There are so many um, buildings and houses in the town of Gettysburg. Um, There's an uh, old orphanage uh, there. That is uh, reportedly haunted um, by the uh, spirits of children Yep. Um, that were basically malnourished and, for all intents and purposes, killed by the woman that was in charge of the orphanage. The and, orphaner? Yeah. Orphan, or, the, the matron of the orphanage yeah, or something like that. Uh, apparently, she was a very not nice woman, and uh, from uh, reports that I've read... Um, she actually also still haunts the orphanage oh, and the the children when they do uh, kind of come forward and speak to any investigators. Um, a lot of things come up that they're they're afraid. They're afraid of her that she's still there. Oh dang! So yeah, 
Uh, so Gettysburg was obviously the site where Confederate and Union armies clashed on July 1st, 1863. Battle was a three-day bloodbath that would change American history forever. When the cannon smoke cleared, the Union soldiers had won, but nearly 5,000 horses and 50,000 men lay dead or dying. Many of the Confederate soldiers were never received a proper burial. Now more than 14 decades later, these unsettled spirits may still linger in Gettysburg. Then on top of that, uh, there's four... I got four or five, five, yeah, five story, five good stories here. Uh, eight miles west of the tiny town, Cashtown Inn was the site where the first soldier was killed during the Gettysburg campaign of the Civil War. The current owners believe they have proof of their ghostly visitors. Jack Palladino and his wife have pictures from 1987 through 2007 of strange orbs and skeletons showing up in their photos. According to Mr. Palladino, he and his guests have heard their share of thumping doors. They've also witnesses, witnessed lights turning on and off on their own and doors locking and unlocking themselves. Yeah. Then there's the Gettysburg Hotel. The history of the Gettysburg Hotel is filled with tales of eerie hauntings. A ghost of a woman has been seen dancing in the hotel's ballroom. Paranormal investigators believe the spirit of Union soldier James Culberston... Colbert's son, sorry, of Company K, Pennsylvania Reserves, still roams the hotel. There's the Boladary, Boladary Inn. Old words are hard sometimes. Yeah. They just put things in weird places. This like this should be Baldary, not mm-hmm. Boladary. While Boladary Inn offers spectacular views of the countryside, it sometimes gives visitors a terrifying glimpse into life after death. Located on Hospital Road. Good, good start. Yeah. Fantastic start. 10 out of 10 right yeah. there. The inn served as a Union Field Hospital during day two of the battle in Gettysburg. Suzanne Lonke, the owner has collected dozens of stories and photos of her guests' ghostly encounters. According to a psychic, the inn appears to be haunted by Confederate soldiers buried underneath a nearby tennis court. Yeah, back then they just kind of buried people where the, there was an open open field right there. Started digging holes. Yeah. We bur- got 50,000 people to bury. Yeah. Uh, pretty much just bury them where they lie kind of deal. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then there's the ghost train. Tourists can also take a 90-minute ride on the ghost train, the only ghost tour in Gettysburg that takes visitors across the actual battlefield. One of the tour storytellers says he he and passengers have smelled cigar smoke and seen the souls of soldiers roaming on the train or near the tracks while traveling across the historic battlefield. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, like, video evidence. Like, if you want to get into believing in the paranormal... Start with Gettysburg because there are so many videos and photos and everything. Um, there is video. Um, I it's from one of the guys in one of the uh, the paranormal groups that like this is what spurred him. Like he went to Gettysburg as like a teenager or something, and uh, has video of he's just panning across the battlefield, and all of a sudden there is like a like a group of like. 10 or 12 uh union soldiers in the blue uh walking and then they just like disappear hmm uh and that's kind of what spurred him to get into the paranormal investigation because he was he's chasing trying to recreate that like you know and, and find more evidence like that right you know and it's it's a wide enough shot that it kind of can't be faked like they're just they're there and then they're not it's, weird it's very interesting that is very interesting so uh one of the more interesting sides of this is like when we were when we were talking we came up with this list and by we came up with i mean i you, came up with you sent me the list 
and I looked it, into it. There, there's a lot of not information out there on these things. No, it's very hard. A lot of places, um, they don't like to talk about the horrible atrocities that happened at these places. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of what now, and I mean, even back then, would be considered like, human rights and civil rights violations i mean yeah i guess some of these places were you know prisons housing the worst of the worst um but like there was a lot of stuff that happened that um it's like holy shit yeah um Uh, so one of the things that um we we've already talked about is obviously built on burial grounds a large mass death and this is going to kind of tie to later things happening in present day. Um, a lot of like hospitals, insane asylums, and other things end up mm-hmm. on a haunted list. And one of those is Waverly Hill Sanatorium in Louisville. Yeah, that is probably... Oh, God. If I had to rank all of the known locations that I know of that are haunted, Waverly Hills is probably tied for number one. Yeah, I would I would probably say that's that's about right. Uh, Hold on, was, I'm, I'm trying to fi- keep talking. I'm trying to find was, my. Uh, uh, it was it was an old insane asylum. Um, how was like the criminally insane? And then during the uh, tuberculosis um, outbreak, it was uh, kind of turned into uh, a tuberculosis ward. So there was a huge amount of death and like sadness and everything going on there um, just from the tuberculosis stuff, not to mention like all the criminally insane or just. Um, um, so what I have here is originally Waverly Hill Sanatorium was a two store, a two story frame building with a hipped roof and half timbering. Construction on this building began in 1908 and opened for business on July 26, 1910. The building was designed to accommodate 40 to 50 tuberculosis patients safely. At the time, tuberculosis was a very serious disease. People who were affected with tuberculosis were isolated from the general public and placed in an area where they could rest, stay calm, and have plenty of fresh air. Sanatoriums were built on hills, on high hills surrounding, surrounded by peaceful woods to create a serene atmosphere to help patients recover. Tuberculosis, tuberculosis was becoming an epidemic in Valley Station, Pledger Ridge Park, and other parts of Jefferson County, Kentucky. The little TB clinic was filled with more than 140 people, so almost three times, if not more than three times, yeah. what it was supposed to have. And it was obvious that a much larger hospital was needed to treat those affected with the condition because tuberculosis was so extremely contagious and at, the, and at epidemic proportions. Those living with it could not be allowed to live and exist among the general population, and it was not known at the time that TB was an airborne disease. No, they had no idea. They they knew what it was, but they had no idea how it spread. So, the grim bat-winged building is the archetype for the haunted hospital or insane asylum. The first hospital uh, on this windswept hill on the edge of Louisville was built in, again, 1910 to treat victims of the White Plague. At the time, there was no known cure for the disease, and it was often fatal. In some cases, doctors tried experimental methods to help ease the symptoms, and stories emerged of illicit medical experiments in which the cure often provide, proved as fatal as the disease. Certainly, the sanatorium was the scene of many deaths over the years, although claims that more than 60,000 patients died there are highly exaggerated. Hmm. According to surviving records from the hospital, historians say the real number was closer to 8,000, and the total of 152 deaths in 1945 was the worst year of the epidemic. 
Yeah. Uh, there we go. Then it served as a geriatric hospital in the 60s and, and until the 80s, and several stories about the spooky old hospital are based on rumors from this time that patients were mistreated, including claims that radical treatments such as electroshock therapy were used. Because God knows you got to have electroshock therapy if you're a hospital from that era. Yeah. Like, it, that, that's right up there with lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> what a, hold on. Sit still. Got it. Right? <laughs> Damn it. I missed. Uh, in the years since Waverly Hills closed for good, wanderers, thrill seekers, and ghost hunters who found their way inside the building have told us slamming doors and strange noises in the deserted building. Others reported hearing footsteps and screams of patients uh, come from empty rooms. Ghostly, shadowy, uh, ghostly, shadowy forms have been said to gather in the building's dark recesses and are said to follow visitors through the narrow corridors. Phantom footsteps and voices repeatedly echo along the quote-unquote death tunnel or body chute. That is probably the worst place Um so this sounds like a laundry chute for bodies. No, uh, basically it was just an underground tunnel. Uh, oh, there, if I kept reading, there it is. Um, it's just the tunnel that they used to transport them, uh, like from the actual hospital proper to like the um, like the morgue or the um, the crematory that was on site there. Right, people so, were uh, dying left, right, and center. They had to have an on site crematory to uh, dispose of the bodies. Yeah, so uh, the tunnel leads to the railway tracks at the bottom of the hill, transport dead away from the hospital where the living patients wouldn't see them. Uh, several stories center on the fifth floor of the hospital where tuberculosis patients with mental disorders were reportedly treated, in particular room 502 where two nurses are said to have killed themselves, one by hanging, the other by jumping to her death, is said to be haunted. Some visitors claim to have seen mysterious shapes moving in the windows or to have heard voices telling them to get out. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, there's actually a tuberculosis ward, uh, or an old tuberculosis ward, not too far from us here. Uh, it's just down outside of uh, Gowanda. It's really? the, uh, the J.N. Adams uh, complex. Um, I think it's in uh, Varysburg, I think is what it is. Um, I've actually driven by the place. That place is creepy as shit. Um, it's kind of like Gutelberg, uh that we talked about last week that... Uh, it's such a like a hot topic area for like our local community that uh, the cops patrol it like crazy. Um, I drove by there one night. I was dropping a friend off back in Gowanda, and I was like, "Hey, that place is right over here somewhere, isn't it?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, just you know, I'll show you." So we ended up uh, driving over there, and uh, there there's no power in the place, but there were lights on in the building right you could see lights in one of the windows uh and honestly we literally just sat there for five minutes just looking at this place and uh within five minutes a cop pulled up uh, so it's uh that that jay and adam's place is pretty cool too it's one of the places in the local area that i would absolutely love to be able to get into right Like there's so many, I'm, I'm I'm struggling to like stay on, on task here because there's so many cool stories that stem off searching these things. Yeah. Um, so I, I like, I just pulled one up. I thought I had one. I thought I had a whole page dedicated to it and I don't. Uh, so we'll come back to all of that. Sure. And, uh, well, since we're on the hospitals, let's just stay on the hospitals. Though. Yeah, let's go there. Um, Except there's there's one one hospital that I want to save for last, because uh, this is probably the most haunted location that I know of. Okay, and I, so, I don't have that one actually pulled up. So so we'll uh, we'll save that one for last. Um, 
but sticking to hospitals, uh, you got the transit, the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. I do. Um, operated from 1864 until 1994 uh, in the city of Weston, West Virginia. Um, it was originally called uh, the Weston Weston State Hospital. Uh, it got its name in 1913 when uh, that was the name that the the patients used um, then it was originally commissioned back to the unused name of the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. When it was reopened as a tourist attraction? Uh, yeah. That's great. Um, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> this place, uh, it was originally designed to, uh, it was originally constructed from 1858 to 1881. So anything that's built around that time, just in general, is going to be old and fucking creepy. Um, For and sure. Falling apart. Uh, originally designed to hold 250 people, it became overcrowded in the 1950s with 2,400 patients. Uh, so that's probably, what, 10 times the amount that it was designed to hold? Uh, it's a very small place, and they had 2,400 people in there designed to hold 250. Um, it was forcibly closed in 94 due to changes in patient treatment. Um, apparently, the things they were doing... Uh, West Virginia finally got with the times and realized, uh, hey, we can't do this shit anymore. Right. Uh, so they just closed the place. Um, it, It's actually um, been designated as a National Historic Landmark. Ooh. Um, you know, it's... Um, I'm trying to find... Uh, uh, construction was uh, halted due to the Civil War. Um, so this this place to just to help pick you up a little bit here has such a like a following to it as far as the yeah. overall hauntedness of it that it's been on ghost stories, ghost hunters, ghost adventures paranormal lockdown and portals to hell and destination fear yeah like you've been on six different shows um yeah it it was featured in fallout 76 under the name fort defiance was it really yeah i played that game and i didn't even like and it it was dawn on me i'm gonna have to go like re-download that and find that place now yeah so uh it's just been really like just all over the place and so and and that tells you how so like we we pulled this up and it's hard to find like actual stories on these things other like obviously it's been highly covered in um by like ghost hunting tv shows and other media of the sort but to find like i mean we all we all know a lot of those like a lot of stuff is just it's it's word of mouth. It's it's oral stories. It's not necessarily written down anywhere. It's well, right. And there's there's just so many so much bullshit to cite like to cycle through in this. Right. You know, it, it's hard to figure out how and like how and when you're going to get through the BS into the real meat and potatoes of it all because it's just difficult to sift through the BS and then like a lot of these places. So they allow these big, big, these big shows to come in and do their stuff. 
if you want to go and learn and like see what they did, it's like, oh, watch this episode. Well, I don't want to watch your episode necessarily because I don't want to see the fluff and the BS, but I want to know the stories. So what do I do? And again, a lot of these places, like it seemed like, oh, they like there's places that if you ask about the the paranormal stuff, they're like, get out. Yeah. Like Hotel Henry. Yeah. Uh, Like I I mentioned it last week, the original ownership uh, when they rebuilt the place basically told their employees that you are not to speak on the alleged hauntings. And if you are caught doing it, you're going to be fired on the spot. Right. So like so this this asylum uh, was actually when it was commissioned in the 1850s. Like it, it was one of the first hopeful developments in centuries for mental, mental patients. So, and and that's the scary part when you start talking about mental institutions. And I, I wish Alley Cat was around to to kind of weigh in on this. Yeah, being that, oh, being be in, good. being in that realm. Like mental health has always been behind the times of absolutely, especially Western medicine. Like to the point that if you had a if you were born with some type of learning dis- disablement or whatever, you were considered nuts. And you got mm-hmm. locked away, yeah, and like tormented and, and like treated horribly. Oh, even worse, um, they used to lock um, widowed wives or unwed mothers in uh, those mental institutions with their children. Yeah, uh, the building was the brainchild of Thomas Story Kirkbride, doctor and crusader of the mentally ill, who founded what would in time become the American Psychiatric Association. Uh, he built. Built on the foundation established by famous reformer Dorothy Dix, who sought to to disabuse people of their misconceptions about mental uh, illness, namely that it was a shadowy, irreversible condition best treated in darkness with force and physical restraint. Shaky as the science behind some of Kirkbride's medical ideals was, it undeniably led to more humane and all-around more effective plan of treatment for the residents of his asylums than other places in the era. You can't. I hate to put it this way, but you can't beat crazy out of people. No, and they tried. Oh, damn, did they try? Yeah. And like, so he emphasized the importance of light and fresh air, suggesting that asylums be built with long halls, 12 foot ceilings, plenty of windows and ventilation that allowed for cross breezes. So they it it was basically built in comfort. Yeah, Uh, he emphasized freedom. um, It was touted as like one of the most luxurious places that you could go. Uh, His ideas inspired the construction of seven, three, 73 Kirkbride hospitals across the country in the second half of the 19th century, including the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Uh, and it went from good intention to a terrifying reality. Uh, the TALA, renamed West Virginia Hospital for the Insane, was m- the model of his ideas. House, it could house 250 patients, each with their own comfortable room. Uh, skilled stonemasons brought to Germany Island, blah, blah, blah. Grounds were, oh, I grounds have, were magnificent. Uh, I have stats of... So, originally designed to house... 250 patients in solitude in their own rooms by themselves. Uh, the hospital held 717 patients by 1880, 1,660 in 1938, over 1,849, and at its peak, uh, 2,600 in the 50s. Uh, this place was designed for 250 people. Yeah, and it had... 2,600. Yeah. 10 times higher than it should have been. Yeah. Um, it, it found itself to be the home for the West Virginia lobotomy project in the early 1950s. So that was a great thing happening. Right. Uh, this was an effort by the state of West Virginia and Walter Freeman, 
uh, to use lobotomy to reduce the number of patients in asylums because of the severe overcrowding. Patients the orderlies deemed unable to be controlled were locked in cages in open spaces spaces in an attempt to make more bedrooms available for less worrisome inhabitants. There are um, pictures and photos. Um, I don't know what place it was from. Um, there was uh, a lady that they did that to and they locked her in a cage and she was basically in a fetal position for like her entire life and uh she like died in that cage like she didn't have any room to move she was locked in like a three by three fucking cage here's here's a fun fact for you by the time they closed the damn place there only one part of the grounds had been expanded to accommodate the new demand the graveyard yeah. <laughs> hey, we're 10 times over capacity. What are we going to do? We're going to build a bigger graveyard is what we're going to do. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, like yeah. Said, it, like, it, it, it wasn't closed until 94. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the, the technology and everything got better by then, but like still. <laughs> now, like, the shit. once ornate building intended for healing but destined for destruction sits abandoned as if the patients simply vanished into thin air. Rooms are still filled with medical equipment and to Crepit furniture and wheelchairs sit in the hallways. Since 2007, tours have been made available for those who wish to see the asylum firsthand. Ghost hunters, the building's most frequent visitors, say they can feel the presence of hundreds who perished in shocking conditions. Skeptical denies skeptics deny this, but agree the building serves as a reminder of a shameful past and an urgent call to do better in the future. Yeah, I mean, yo, if if it if it does anything, it like these places need to be. Um, put in the forefront to it, it, it's just like all history like if you if you if choose, you if you if you choose to ignore or we're doomed to repeat it yeah um and like these places need to be put in the forefront so we can see like yeah like terrible horrible things happened here but let's not forget that they happened so they don't happen again yeah it, it just it's like Looking back on where we are versus where we've come from is it's night and day, but it's also scary to think that like there was a time that, you know, overcrowding of a, of a facility was that bad. Yeah. And yet we live in a time where we, I mean, if you pay attention to the news, there's constant talk of overcrowding of places. So, uh, yeah. Mm, Yeah. So, um, along with the mental institutions, uh, jails and penitentiaries mm-hmm. are definitely on that list. Um, some random facts that I happen to know for no reason at all are uh, there are at least five to six successful suicides per prison in the country on average every year. Uh, there are some that are well lower than that. But that also means there are some well higher than that. Yeah, if six is the average. Uh Uh-huh. Shit. So uh, the historic Brushy Mountain State Prison is on this list. Yes. And it's in the Brushy Mountain in Tennessee. Brushy Mountains in Tennessee. Um, It originally started like because of coal mining. Yes. It was like a coal mining camp. This is one of the few places that not only, like, admits to its spookiness. They embrace it. They absolutely embrace it. Yeah. 
it's still hard to find a lot of the stuff like the the goings on of what's reported there. Uh, there's but, some moonshining going on there. Right. Yeah. Called they, end they, of the line moonshine. Well, Scared yeah. straight Tennessee moonshine. Oh my god, we need to go. Yeah. They. Uh, I want to go. They, they called the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary the end of the line because. Yeah. It's where the worst of the worst, like if you got like if you were so bad at every other prison that they could not control you or hold you there, uh, they sent you to Brushy Mountain. Yeah. And that was it. Like that was it. Yeah. Like to the point that they have a sign out front that says dangerous since 1896 warning enter at your own risk. There are dangerous conditions ahead, including but not limited to indigenous snakes, uneven surfaces and possible paranormal activity. On the sign that you see when you walk in the damn door to go on a tour. Fun a fact, paid tour. There's actually no walls around the prison. Yeah, because they weren't allowed outside. Well, no. Uh, there's there's <laughs> no walls because it was so deep in the mountains. There's nothing but wilderness for like 10 miles surrounding it. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's landlocked Alcatraz? It, pretty much because... Uh, Who didn't make three, this list somehow? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we can throw it on there. We can talk about Alcadera's real quick. But Brushy Mountain, uh, three sides of the complex uh, were surrounded by a fucking cliff. Like, you weren't getting out that way because you weren't scaling the cliff. Uh, right. So the only way out was, like, straight out the front door. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to build one, build it right. Right. So they didn't They didn't need, like, the 10-foot the walls around the facility because people would have been stupid so- to try to get out of there. Part of part of the tour, they take you to what's called the hole. Mm-hmm. Um. So the 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 account of this that I'm reading, the woman or the couple that went here, um, her husband felt like he started to feel like he was having a heart attack when they visited the hole. Yeah. Um. So, their 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 guide on this tour, who was a former tour guide, turned. Sarah, he was a tour guard turned tour guide, shared the first ghost story. Um, and it's noted that he was not a ghost tour guide, but they looked out and had a guard guard who not only was open to talking about the paranormal activity many have reported experiencing. Uh, he said he never had anything happen, but he did share an EVP of a female paranormal investigator had gotten while spe- uh, spending the night alone in one of the solitary confinement cells. It was downright chilling. Uh, says the whole area felt heavy. The best way they can describe it, I believe, an angry soul is stuck there, which would be awful, right? Bad enough to have, bad enough to have to be there while you're alive. At least you'll know you'll likely get out one day. But to have to spend eternity trapped there is brutal. Uh, I'm going to assume the whole is their solitary confinement yes. area. Yeah. Um. And now we live in a world where currently, and it was there's a- trying to do away with solitary confinement at all which yeah. is generally done in separate housing areas that look just like normal housing areas you're just not allowed to come out of your room for more than depending upon where you are a few hours a day to sure. one hour a day um the cool thing about brushy mountain is um all their like their tour guides and stuff it's all former um prison guards or inmates that served time there right um, which is so, we, oh that's creepy right like like, like former this, inmates. We, we just got done saying that this is the end of the line like you were so bad across the board that you couldn't be anywhere else but here and oh hey let's take a let's take a tour with this guy yeah oh boy yeah i mean i'm sure not everyone was like that there <laughs> I'm sure. but like that was just the place that if you couldn't be held anywhere else that's just where they sent you <laughs> so um they that one of the other places is the cafeteria uh they basically tell you 
where this was basically a spot where um, a lot of people got cut and beaten yeah. um, because they tried to cut in line, stuff like that. Uh, like the, the the account I'm reading on it says there was just like a, like there was just a very general feeling of sadness to the area. Uh, you could see where they where the chow line lined up and came out and everything. Um, you know, they go through the laundry room and all like, I mean, there there's wanted posters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brushy Mountain is no joke. Um, one of the I think they built a new a new wing. They called it the D wing. That was built over the old remains of what they called the death house. That was basically where they stacked all the dead bodies from like the coal mining days uh, until they could like properly get rid of them. They just stacked bodies in this house or this building that was there. And then they ended up like taking that down and built a new um, a new cell block over top of that area. Um, other interesting stuff. Uh, it, it had some rather famous or at least one rather famous james earl uh, ray james earl ray the man convicted of assassinating martin luther king yeah he he served time there uh he actually escaped for three days really yeah yeah uh he 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 tried to escape a couple of times uh uh one time he ended up uh he he cut uh some of the cinder block out of the wall and squeezed through the hole that he made uh and started making his way out but the way that he was going was taking him past like the uh the furnaces and if he would have kept going he basically would have just cooked himself alive sweet so he went back um uh but he did uh him and i think six others did escape at one point um and they ended up catching all of all but one one of them was killed um but the so other ones they they caught him yeah they uh <laughs> but they they were all caught and returned to the prison uh within like three days i think they said they found him like eight and a half miles like in the woods from uh the prison oh damn yeah he he almost made it uh god there's so many good ones yeah so I mean, many good probably ones. probably one of the best prisons out there for it though is uh eastern state penitentiary down in philly uh, this place is, this place has like no chill. Uh, you want to talk about a list of, um, like significant people housed there, like Al Capone. Yeah. Al Capone was there. They still have his cell set up the way that he had it. Uh, this dude had so many connections. This dude basically had a goddamn hotel room in his cell he had a desk he had like a sofa he had bookshelves and books and like an actual bed like this student might as well have not even been in prison right and i mean and there's something to be said about that like not that i'd ever understand it but i mean when you're basically the head of the mafia in the united states or the most infamous mafioso, uh, I'm I'm sure certain concessions were bought and paid for. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that like murderers like Victor Babe and Andreoli was there. That one doesn't ring a bell. I mean, if it doesn't ring a bell for you, how the hell am I supposed to know? Right. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Um, 
So somebody, creative director and general manager of Terror Behind the Walls, Amy Hallman, has been working at ESP for 13 seasons and her had her first paranormal experience ever at the site. Prior to that, I had been a skeptic about paranormal activity. I wasn't the kind of person hoping to find ghosts or assuming they were they were ghosts. That's Capone's cell. Jesus Christ. Right. That's not a cell. That's a room. Right. Um, so this woman... Her uh, on mischief night during her first season working, she was cleaning paintbrushes with a colleague, knowing they were the last two people on the premise for the night. All of a sudden, in the back area of the room we were in, we started to hear these sounds like a person was stamping something and then moving paper over repeatedly. Then we heard the sound of a cup move. She says there were independent sounds that lasted fi- for fifteen seconds. It doesn't seem like long enough, like long of a time. But imagine if something is terrifying you. It's pretty long. I literally lean learned what the word petrified meant. I was frozen stiff. Yeah, there's uh there's there's a lot of reports coming out of there. Um the the way that the entire prison was set up is unique in its own way. Um it it basically had just like five wings that stemmed off of one central location that the guards could stand at that central location and from anywhere you were standing you could look down and look down every single like cell block there like you didn't have to have to move right you could just see from where you were sitting in the center you could see down to the end of every cell block it's very very interesting yeah um like i said capone was there um tons tons of like i mean it's it's a prison from the 1800s early 1900s um tons of like murders and suicides and so the woman in this uh, in this conversation here has she's worked with actors as part of her job. Two different ghostly accounts from two different ones certainly send chills up her spine. According to many ghost investigators, Cellbox Twelve is the hottest uh, one of the hottest paranormal spots on the site. An actor said to me one year, "Amy, I can't work on this floor anymore. Can you move my spot?" She goes, "Why?" And he goes, "There's a ghost up there. Or, There's a ghost up there." When I was at the edge of the cell block, it looked like this woman was running toward me and screaming. And once she got close to me, she turned around and ran back. One goes, oh, weird. And he's, and she changed the guy's spot. Three years later, a totally different actor comes over with a similar story about the floor, the second floor of Cellbox 12 being haunted. You'll never believe this, but I think it w- it was a banshee. It was flying down the cell block toward me, screaming, and then turned back home and says, the second story is Andrew. What are the chances of two different actors that, that far apart? There is actually uh, supposed video evidence of that from one of, I've, God, was it Ghost, ghost Hunters? Uh, when they went there, they caught, they had a camera there on the second floor of cell block 12 and they caught a black figure coming up out of the ground. Like there's no way that anything, like there was nobody standing there. It was just a static camera pointing down the hallway, uh, just kind of coming up out of the ground and just taking off down the hallway. It It's really cool. If you guys ever want to uh, check that out. Uh, I believe it was Ghost Hunters, but it's um, it's one of those things that you just can't explain because there was nobody there, right? Nobody there, but like a full just like black mass comes up out of the ground and takes off down the hall. It's super creepy. So uh, the technical director was there. Uh, there was something delivered to him. He was basically just going to go store it in cell box twelve. Uh, he ended up getting there. He had to use both hands to get the gate unlocked, and all of a sudden he felt the presence of someone behind him. 
He goes, I knew everyone else had left the property, so my first suspicion was that some miscreant had secluded themselves away and were up to no good. When I turned around, I see a short man, only about 5'4", standing a few feet away from me. I instantly drew back my fist, ready to strike, heart pumping. Then I realized he was translucent and dressed in Civil War-era military clothes, then disappeared. Yeah, I don't know much about the history of what was... It was operational during the Civil War. Oh, was it operational during the Civil War? Okay, so that would explain it. I, I didn't uh, see what year it was uh, like built or open, so that just happened to be a little little footnote there. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't know if uh, like there was like any significance with like Civil War that it was like like a battle took place there or something like that before the place was built or something. Yeah, so uh, there was one in particular. We have a few more here that we wanted to get to. Um, the Winchester Mystery House is definitely interesting. Yeah, um, that was basically I read. The wife of Winchester from the Winchester Rifles. firearms. Yep. Um, he her their kid died. Then he died, and she started to go a little crazy. Um, built the house like it, it just it was the, the house is unsettling. Yeah, it was like, continuous building. Like she felt that if if the building ever stopped, then the spirits of those killed by the Winchester rifles. Or Winchester guns in general were going to come for her like they did for her son and her husband. Right. Um, there are staircases that lead nowhere. Doors that there open to nothing. Doors that open to nothing. Uh, there are doors that open to sheer drop-offs. Um, like you just open the door and it's a three-story drop. Um, it, the whole place is super, super weird. Right. Um, and and she, she specifically built it that way to quote kind of like confuse the spirits that were supposedly coming after her right that they wouldn't be able to find their way around the house uh there's also a the the stanley hotel in colorado that's haunted that is the place that was the basis for the shining inspiration for the shining yep which is really cool in and of itself yeah um so we're kind of checking some things off our list here as we go uh, uh there's all obviously like the lizzie borden house well you know uh she took an axe gave her mom 40 wax when she saw what she'd done and gave her dad 41 yeah and uh apparently that house is haunted as all hell which you can't imagine why it's um, actually a bed and breakfast yeah and it, uh, i would go i would sh- go i mean i would absolutely go um so like that like that's a, a place of like one specific horrific event yeah uh, apparently all of savannah georgia uh, Savannah is like the ghost capital of yeah. the United Cele- States. Celebrated haunted houses, hundreds of ghost sightings, the most haunted city in the U.S., um, go- especially by its many ghost tour operators who often begin the visit with the city's historic Bonaventure Cemetery, a uh, tangle of stone tombs, eerie statues, and spooky trees laced with Spanish moss. I believe it's there that there's actually still a building. It's either there or... Uh, Gettysburg that there is a building that actually still has a cannonball in the side of it. Cool. Um, I, I think it's Savannah though. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of cool, a lot, lot of cool stories there. I'm not going to go through them all because uh, there's one story you wanted to get to specifically that we're going to boil down to right now. Yeah. Uh, there's the Whaley house in San Diego. Um, there's the, uh, uh, Vasily ax murder house. Um, out near Colorado, I think Iowa, so. something like that, out uh, in the Midwest. Bachelors Grove Cemetery in Chicago. Uh, small cemetery in the forest on the outskirts of Chicago. Most haunted graveyard in the U.S. 
Hunter documented sightings of ghosts, strange lights, and other sig- suggestively supernatural episodes. Uh, there's an outbreak of vandalism, blah, blah, blah. We were uh, like the entire area of New Orleans, especially with its history and ties to voodoo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they did an entire season of American Horror Story on it. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about Gettysburg. The St. Augustine Light Station in St. Augustine, Florida uh, is on there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of more like famous like battleships and stuff uh, like the um, in Galveston, Texas. Uh blanking on what the name of the the battleship is but there's a haunted battleship sitting in the like the harbor there um the titanic museum in branson missouri uh is always a good one it's always a hot spot for activity they have a lot of uh artifacts from the titanic there so yep you know spirits like to attach themselves to familiar objects and you know a lot of people say that uh and i i can't disagree that a lot of those artifacts should have never been brought to the surface because the whole place should have been treated as a mass uh, gravesite yep. and never disturbed. Uh, Hotel Monte Vista in Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, the long-term long-term inhabitant who had a habit of hang- hanging raw meat from the chandelier in room 210. Two women who were thrown from the third floor now attempt to asphyxiate male guests in their sleep. Uh, and also reportedly an infant whose disturbing cries have sent staff members running upstairs from the basement. You got the uh, the uh, Queen Mary, the HMS Queen Mary that's docked yep. in Long Beach, California. Uh, that that entire ship is apparently haunted as shit. Um, but uh, let's let's get to the piece de resistance here. Uh, hold on, I got, I got like oh, you got a couple more, more? Uh, which we might have to do an entire episode on on the uh, the town of Salem. Like I don't know how, and nothing, nothing from Salem ended up on there. But we'll, we'll maybe we'll tack that into an episode. I, I kind of figured we would probably do like an entire episode a little bit closer about like just the history of like Salem. Yeah, that'll work. Um, because there's just there's so much to unpack there with the witch trials and everything like that. We'll just we'll just do a whole episode on that. Perfect. Uh, let's see a lot of the ones that we've uh, Poinsett Bridge in Greensville, South Carolina, Chahoba, Alabama. Uh, let's see, New Orleans, the Whaley House, we already talked about, Myrtle's Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana, Crescent Hotel. Any any plantation with the atrocities that happened on plantations, uh, there's going to be stuff. The Dock Street Theater in Charleston, South Carolina, the Mizpah Hotel in Tonopah, Nevada. Oh, I can't believe I didn't think of Bobby Mackey's. There you go. Bobby Mackey's Music World in... The Red Onion Saloon in Alaska. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Bob, Bobby Mackey's is... Uh, it, it's pretty pretty infamous for its reported... Uh, uh, there's reportedly like a portal to hell in at Bobby Mackey's. Oh. Yeah. The, the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago, Illinois is allegedly haunted. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, mm, never came across any of my lists before. I'm not bringing it up. Yeah. Uh devil's tramping ground in north carolina that sounds fun yeah yeah so i mean there's a lot of these um i mean every city and every town has ev- everyone's place. i mean allegedly the courthouse uh, or not the courthouse the theater house or whatever the hell it is is here right in the village that we're in is allegedly haunted yeah i was there i did an investigation there anything uh not really no, so much i mean that's note. the one that we had the psychic medium with us okay. so she was able to pick up on some things um which uh good news we 
do have a date set. Yeah, um, we do. She is going to be joining us on the show. Um, we're not going to be doing any readings or anything like that uh, because we don't have a live audience. But it's going to be more of a just have her on. Let her tell let some her, stories. Tell some stories. Let us know like what it is to be a medium. You know what it is she does. You know, and, like and things she's like seen that. and experienced. Exactly. I mean. So that being said, tell me about St. Albans Sanatorium in Radford, Virginia. Oh, this has to be like if Waverly Hills isn't my number one or tied for number one, this is definitely my number one, uh, like most haunted location in the United States. Uh, so it was originally a Lutheran boys school. Um, it was absolutely terrible place. Um, they encouraged bullying and competitive nature within the students. Sweet. Um, as a result, uh, a number of students died by suicide because of the hostile environment there. Not so sweet. No. Uh, they shut down the school uh, and reopened it in 1916 as a psychiatric infirmary. Awesome. That was supposed to be a better alternative to other asylums scattered throughout the United States. Uh, their big boasting thing was it has a rooftop garden, a bowling alley, and even a small farm there. I want to go to the bowling alley. Yeah. Um, conditions were terrible. Um, cruel, inhumane experiments, which left at least one person permanently disabled. Or, uh, you know, so many deaths from lobotomies or... Bowling and lobotomies, yeah. bro. Uh, for some reason, they were doing... God, what, that'd be a great podcast name. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to copyright it. Don't touch me. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, they were doing weird shit with uh, insulin. And there was a lot of, like, insulin-induced comas that people never woke up from. Uh, you know electroshock therapy lobotomies uh people were wrapped completely wrapped mummy style in towels and drenched in ice cold water and left to soak in tub for in tubs for days uh for hydrotherapy sessions Ooh. um it was well equipped to deal with uh the thousands of patients that entered but by 1945 the staff to patient ratio was uh 48 staff to 6500 patients can you imagine that? Like 6,500 people and there's only 48 people on staff to take care of them. Jesus. Um, you know, the, the terrible staffing conditions led to even worse um, conditions for the patients living there, leading to further suicides. Uh, it uh, They finally closed the place for good in, uh, in the 1990s. Um, this place is without a doubt one of the creepiest places I've I've seen this place on several um several shows uh the most recent being Destination Fear and the shit that they caught on camera and audio on the Destination Fear episode like it was enough to actually give me the, like the heebie-jeebies uh, normally I watch those shows and I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. That's cool. It's awesome. Oh, good stuff there. Like, eh. right. Uh, no, the, the stuff that was going on there, um, really kind of really shook me a little bit. Um, they, the, th the whole thing with destination fear is they go to these places and then they all pick a different 
area of the building to sleep in by themselves for the night. Um, uh, fuck that. Yeah, like one of them, <laughs> uh, when they went to St. Albans, one of them slept in uh, the bowling alley, like right in the middle of one of the lanes. Um, another one, uh, she slept uh, in another area, and then another one slept in like more of like a solitary confinement area. Of St. Albans. um, And shit was going on to all three, like all of them, all night long. uh, To the point that they legitimately thought there was somebody roaming around the building. Like they they legitimately thought someone from the outside not involved with their crew got in the building and was like stalking them around the building. That's creepy. Yeah. Uh, Needless to say, I don't think they actually slept the entire night and they ended up like leaving the place and just sitting out on the front porch. Um, but yeah, like that. Damn. Yeah. That, that was, um, that was a creepy episode and I've never been one to get creeped out by watching that stuff because I've done it. Right. Uh, but that one, I was just like, holy shit. Like it legitimately sounds like there is someone walking around. I, I am always a skeptic of those shows. I am too. Like, especially when you start getting big enough. Like, when you're when you're big enough to be on, like, a network TV show, like, you're going, like, you, you don't have a TV show if nothing happens. Right. See, this so is why. So at some point, you have to, like, stage some things. Right. And there, and there have been, it, like, there have been issues with that. And, like, we don't have a ton of time left. We're, like, right. Like, we're over by about a minute and a half right now. But, I mean, there there's there have been, like issues where hosts have left one show and gone and got their own show because yeah. they didn't want to do some of the things that they were being asked right. to do because that's why I don't necessarily pay too much attention to like I lost interest in like ghost adventures because they had full camera crews uh not ghost adventures I'm sorry ghost hunters they had full camera crews following them around there was like 50 people tramping around these buildings I liked the shows like uh ghost adventures and now destination fear that it's literally the four of them with their handheld cameras. Right. And there's like and all you're seeing is footage of the of like if you're talking, it's on my camera. And right. If I'm talking, it's, it's on your it's camera. It's either just the audio from my camera or right. it's from your camera. Yeah. Like there's there's no It's almost found footage. Like, almost, like that's yeah. that's what it seems like is like found footage stuff. And those those shows I can respect. I I I definitely think that Destination Fear is going the right direction um with the stuff that they're doing, um, there's a bunch of new episodes that I still have to watch. Um, but yeah, St. Albans, number one. App, hands down, number one. Number one place I want to go the absolute most. Yeah. Oh, I would love to. Love to. That'd be awesome. Well, I think that's going to about do it for our uh, our spooky destinations. Yeah. So we're going to find some, like, we're, we're going to find some other cool stuff to do and to you know to to talk about here we got some cool stuff we got you know a lot of a lot of exciting things happening we're you know it'd be cool to try to find a, a place to do like at least record an episode a video episode sure and uh yeah. you know throw that out there somewhere uh that'd be kind of fun but uh maybe we'll do that as like a special thing not part of the spooky season spooky, stuff but, it, it takes a little bit to get you know like i can't you can't just call up a place and be like hey can i come in next weekend right well i mean we, and we have time it's only it's only september we have you know we have a full month and a half almost that we could get it done but i mean we could even do a live event i don't know who would tune into it but 
I mean, we could do a live event from somewhere. That'd be kind of cool. But yeah. Um, Maybe we'll look into it. Maybe not. We'll see. But maybe it's something we'll do for next year. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. This has been another episode of Common Debauchery. Uh, you can find us on the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you get your awesome podcast, oozy, juicy ear music loving from. And uh, follow us on Facebook. We're going to be, um, I keep saying it every week. We're going to try to be posting more and more stuff to share and get people talking. We need talking. you guys to interact with us more. We, we also need to post more. And yeah, we need to find true. groups to be part of and yeah. stuff like that. So we, we, and that's something we need to be better about and we will be. Uh, and so thanks for tuning in, guys. And as always, I'm the Nightmare. And I'm Rotten Jack. And this is Common, Common Debauchery. Debauchery.